Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today we have this amazing woman. We always have amazing people. But wait till you sp- speak to my friend, Elle Grinnell, and really, you know, hear about her author. She's the founder of True Speak, and she just has so much knowledge. When we first met up and we started talking, we could have talked for hours. And I can't wait to you to meet her and her to meet all of my audience. So how you doing, Elle? How's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. And I'm excited to be here. I love your premise. It's so unique. And it's so hard to find anything new in this day and age. And you definitely, with peace, love, and bring a bat, are bringing some new stuff. So happy to be here. Yeah, I just saw your smile. Uh, you know, and one of the things is I, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about it. Every time that they said it, they smiled. And they go, you really can't not smile when you say peace, love, and bring a bat. Because it just exactly. is like, what? Um, but it's also a happy thing. It's a happy thought uh, in, in, in that as well. And I know you always have some happy thoughts. You're, you're actually recording. Uh, she's taking a trip. So all of us want to live at where she normally lives in Hawaii. But she's right. now relocating for a little while in Mexico. So would you tell us about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. I'm super excited. So I'm half Mexican, but my family on the on the Mexico side of the border, they haven't been in contact and not because they don't like each other, just because when everybody moved, there were no cell phones and such. Right. And so um, I was born and raised in California. And then I've been in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii for 18 years. And I went on my first ever cruise. And one of the ports I saw was Mazatlan that I've never been to before. I've been all over Mexico, but never Mazatlan, fell in love. So got the ball rolling. Um, Stupid COVID put my timeline behind a little bit, but now I'm relocating to Mazatlan. That's awesome. I, you know, really, so when you're already starting in paradise, where do you go on vacation? But (laughs) Mazatlan is supposedly one of the places you would want to go. So I'm I'm glad that you're relocating, you know, for a little while. And I know you're going back now. You do so much. So would you like to share with everybody, because you're an author. Not only are you an expert coach and so much all, I'd love to hear and share from your point of view what you do and all the special things. Mm, Okay, so it's kind of like where to begin. Um, First, there were the dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) that's what it feels like sometimes, right, when you you just – just mm. so my path began in the fitness industry over 35 years ago and I never knew that I was going to be a professional fitness instructor and the manager of a big health club I, I didn't really know what I was going to do which to hail you young folks out there it's okay when you're 18 if you don't know what you want to do because life just gets better <laughs> so <laughs> be careful don't let folks you know make you feel like if you haven't made a decision, you've made a mistake. Um, so didn't know what I wanted to do. Ended up in the health and fitness industry, was there for 35 plus years, um, wrote my first book there back in 2006. And uh, then I got involved with the International Academy of Self-Knowledge. And that was when I jumped on the whole self-help wagon back when um, it was Wayne Dyer and 
you know, the, um, Zig Ziglar and, you know, back in that day. And so I, I really learned to let go of my trailer park roots um, of scarcity and fear and, you know, violence and not enough and all of that uh, through the self-help that I, that I taught myself. I just dove in head first. Um, and then I, I met Dr. Libby Adams, who runs the International Academy of Self-Knowledge. I got trained and certified in all of those programs. And I do something that I call my secret sauce that I, I have to whisper. It's called transformational meditation. <laughs> and the reason why I have to whisper is because when, when I use what's called the, what I call the M word, people mm-hmm. run screaming. I can't meditate. I can't meditate. Man, meditate. Oh, I'm too smart. I'm too, and my brain never stops. Like, can you stop people for a moment? Because in reality, if you can uh, take a, a breath in for four counts and a breath out for six counts, three times, you're meditating. So stop overthinking it. It's just slowing down and being in the moment. Um, and so that's what I use it to help coach people through, you know, whatever traumas or dramas that they want or goals they want to achieve. It's with that. Yeah, no, uh, meditation. That, that's always the words that, you know, anybody who, who says, oh, I meditate. Oh, I can't do that. Well, you can't if you don't try or do it differently. You know, it's not all about because we all watch way too much TV or at least are influenced by too much TV by thinking mm-hmm. that we have to climb on top of a mountain and sit up there by with, with no speaking uh, and things like that, which isn't true. Uh, you can meditate. Exactly. And one of the ways I, I've taught meditation, I'm like in the middle of driving your car. Now, don't close your eyes. So, you know, we, we start off that. But there's different ways to meditate. I mean, we all meditate. And if you start thinking about it, if you're driving down the, the road and mm-hmm. you just kind of lose track of everything, but you, your mind knows where it goes because our mind is really so powerful Mm-hmm. That you eventually get where you're going and you're like, oh, how'd that happen? Well, it got there because we're programmed. It's all that programming we have within ourselves. Yeah, and you just relax and let go. You know, I tell people, have you ever been to the movies and you're like so involved in the plot and like you're just there, you know, in the theater and you're like, oh my gosh, you're not in the theater going, well, I hope, you know, that I have time to do the groceries or whatever. You're in it to win it with the movie. You're meditating. So you're physically in that chair in the theater, but your mind has gone somewhere else with the plot and the action. That's meditating. I mean, there's just so many ways that people don't know that we all can and do meditate. And like you said, it's not the top of a mountain lotus position. That's one option. Yeah. I mean, if you're a musician and you all just sit there and play music, you're meditating, you know, because Mm -hmm. at some point it just become flows out of you. And I've worked with clients who I, I said, just play your guitar. What do you mean? I, you always told me to meditate. I go, are you thinking when, you, when you're playing the meditation? No, you're just listening. I go, which is exactly yeah. what they do, tell you to do. I mean, Ericksonian hypnosis tells you to do stuff like that where listen to, give me five sounds, pick out five sounds in the room, five feelings, ground yourself. I go, do you not do any of those things when you're playing the guitar? Of course I do. Well, guess what? You're meditating, my friend. And it, it's we need to give people different perspectives of what meditating is and yes. different ways to do that. Because mm-hmm. it is so good for us. Uh, minimizing stress, eliminating stress, uh, bringing back mental clarity. And so all you need to do is find the ones. 
that works for you and work that. And then you can begin to seek other things, right? So you don't just start out by trying to go to nirvana with the silence of the mind. That's not where you start for meditation. And it's like I tell people from being in the fitness industry, um, a lot of times people would say, well, I can't lose weight because I don't like to run. I'm just like, what? what? How could you ever think that running is the only way to lose weight and get in shape? But that's their perspective. So I would love your listeners to bust through their perspective of what meditation is and look at all the different opportunities and ways there are to accomplish um, peace of mind. Yeah, well, well, I also know one of the, the titles that you love going by is the limiting belief abolitionist. So you would mm-hmm. automatically say to them, you're not going to lose the weight. You're going to reduce it, eliminate it. You're going to change that language right away. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you help people through the limiting beliefs, uh, overcoming those? So the limiting beliefs generally start with the story that I like to tell, and I'm not sure how to, who to give this credit to because I heard it so long ago, but the analogy is when we grow up physically, we're capable of handling more things, right? We get stronger, we get taller, we get faster physically, but emotionally the same thing happens. And so we're only able to handle certain types of emotional situations and behaviors at a certain age. And then we get better at handling it the older we get. Okay, so many, many, many of us were exposed to emotional baggage that we couldn't handle at a young age. And so the analogy is like, would you take a 10-pound bag of potatoes and throw it at a three-year-old and expect them to be able to catch it and carry it for you? No, but okay, a 10-year-old, sure, toss it at them, no problem. So when we're three, a lot of us get a lot of 10-pound bags of, of, of crap thrown on us. And so what happens is we fall down, we get hurt, we get scarred, and then our body creates a survival defense mechanism. So our ego then will continue to protect us from those situations, even though now we're totally capable of handling it. But the mind thinks we can't. So the limiting beliefs is to go in, find those old programs from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, and to rewire the synapses of your brain so that it's not firing in that same direction. You know how like sometimes you leave your house and to go to work, you go right out of your driveway. And so once in a blue moon, you need to go left and you go right by habit. That's how the synapses work, right? It's like you knew you needed to go left, but you still went right anyway. doesn't mean the end of the world. It just means you want to rewire those thoughts and those programs so that you have more options when it comes time to face challenges. Well, that's beautiful. That's the idea is having the more options. I, I always say the word perspective, more perspective. And then you can, because our brain sums up all the experiences that we have. And if you're only going left, the one time that you have to go right is going to throw you off completely in your example. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why it, it, it's good to learn as many perspectives. That doesn't mean you have to adapt to those, that's it, but it gives you an option to be like, oh, I didn't realize how we did things before or how other people have done those things before successfully or less successfully to make sure you're at the top of your you know, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when you said perspective, that reminds me of like prescription, right? So you wear glasses, Mm -hmm. I wear glasses, and you see well with yours, right? Do you love your glasses? 
I don't. I, I would rather not to wear glasses. But I but I, I do love my glasses. They, I, 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 they, 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 they help me and they give me the, the, the support I needed. And, and that's what you need to do. Yes, the support. That's exactly kind of what I was thinking. So they, they, they serve you well. Yes. And mine serve me well. And I've been wearing glasses for over 40 years. I don't know how long you've been wearing yours. But um, so you see and read and write fabulously. So do I. But what do you think would happen if you and I traded glasses? Yeah, we, we might see. <laughs> well, we, 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 depending on our prescription, but it's not going to be exactly the where it is, where we are at. Uh, so uh-huh. you're, even if they're close, again, those your glasses are specifically for your for your eyes, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. So your life um, experiences are bringing your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And mine are, is bringing mine. And so it doesn't mean that you're wrong or you're right, or I'm wrong or I'm right. But for you, you're right. And for me, I'm right. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. over time, these things change and the perspective and the prescription changes, but it's only when you're aware that you want to see better and have more clarity. Yeah, that's the most important part uh, of that is, is one wanting to see more. So again, we have there's lots of people who walk around with glasses using our metaphor right now, uh, who don't get their prescriptions checked every year and fine tune it, uh, as I, I call the recalibration of life and using that communication. So you and I could be talking about the same thing, but because of our different perspectives or viewpoints, we can never see each other, and that's mm-hmm. the part that. Uh, is usually causing the, the biggest challenges. The, the words, a, a, as you use all the time, as the founder of True Speak. So, you know, using the, using the words are yes. so important to make sure that both truths are heard as well as communicated in, in a safe way for each person. Yeah, exactly. So, Mike, so the company, the business is True Speak. And, and the funny story behind that is I'm a word nerd. I've been reading forever. I love writing, love writing. That's my, you know, one of my, my gifts that I just feel so blessed. And um, so when I was creating True Speak over 20 something years ago, I actually wanted to call it New Speak because people don't say what they want. They say what they don't want. So I wanted people to have the new, fresh perspective on language. Mm. And so there was something in the back of my mind as a reader nagging me like, no, that's not right. That's not right. And then I remembered in Orwell's 1984, they talked about, they talked about Newspeak, which is where the government um, just minimized how many words you were allowed to speak. So to dumb people down and it was called Newspeak. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the opposite of what I want to do. I want to expand. So it ended up with True Speak. And then because I'm also a, a uh, X-Files fan from back in the day, uh, my catchphrase is because the truth is in you. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's what I, when I first heard about True Speak, that's exactly it, is because we each need to speak our truths, whatever that means to us and that's the biggest power that we have within ourselves is having that truth and whatever that truth is and you could find it differently it's like all those uh, reveals that they have all these different stories but at the end of the day it really is about the truth how you operate it and how you see through your own glasses mm-hmm. absolutely and like 
I would go so far as to say even two humans could go through this experience and come out still differently, right? So like my sister and I are two years apart and we went through a lot of the same dramas and traumas in the trailer park. And we are very, very different people Mm -hmm. with very different um, successes in life. And even when we talk about our childhood memories, they're not even the same. I'm like, no, that's not what happened. And she's like, no, that's not what happened. Um, So we don't, we don't like argue about it. It's just to, for both of us fascinating that we were both there and had a different experience. Yeah, that's the the, the really fascinating piece of human uh, experience. The, the, the human experience is that you and I both can experience something differently, even though we're at the same part doing the same thing at the same time, and that's part of the magic. That, that happens. And that's why communication is so important and making sure that when you communicate to your partner or anybody else that, mm-hmm. you know, what you're experiencing might not be what they're experiencing, but you're entitled to your experience. Mm-hmm. And we've really gotten away from, and I'm going to blame television hands down from, from day one of television we're just not good listeners anymore. And we believe that our problems can be solved in less than 30 minutes because programs were less than 30 minutes and they have a problem, a solution and a happy ending over and over again. And you don't have to use your imagination. Um, Like when there was just radio, there was so much more. So we've forgotten how to be good listeners. And I like, this is the most important message that I can holler from the rooftop is can you listen to somebody and stop thinking about what you're about to say while they're speaking. Can you just get immersed in their words and the story and just enjoy the ride and then pause for a moment and then your brain will tell you how to respond. But people are so anxious to just jump in and, you know, take over. Everyone feels like what they're about to say is more important than what you are saying at the time. And that's just rude. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, the active listening part definitely works, and you know, and and that's one of the the topics that you know always is is spoken about, but it's really hard to do because we all want to be heard. So uh, you know, either even if when you're telling me uh, a, a so- story and I want to show empathy, I go, oh, I've gone through that. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. tough. I, I'm guilty of it. I, you know, there's times I'm guilty of it, and I I own that, mm-hmm. uh, and I. Keep working on it. Uh, you know, we're, we're not perfect human beings. And uh, that's the great thing about continuing and growing. Because if you, I always say, if you're not growing, then you're dying. And that's really what it is. Growth is no matter what. Mm-hmm. Learning more about yourself as well as other things. Now, I, I know you also talk a little bit about mind focus and uh, all the different types of focus. Mm-hmm. Would you mm-hmm. like to share that? I, yeah, I would. So I like doing one, two, threes, right? So um, three up, three down, right? I'm a huge baseball fan. I played softball for my entire life. And because I believe that they're doable. And so in order to um, come back from a stress, from a freak out, from, uh, you know, like, I don't know what to do, my world's falling apart, whenever we get spun out like that. So the first thing we do is we sit down and focus on our breath. So the first step is to get more oxygen into your body. So you get more oxygen into your brain so that all your organs can function easily and not under stress. So that means, again, breathing in deep for four, exhaling out deep for six, do at least three rounds of that. Okay, that alone will give you some 
unreal clarity. Then the second step is awareness. Like, why is this happening to me? What do I need to know? Um, you know, how did I get here? Right. Analyze your role in it instead of blaming, which is what most people do. They get on the blame train because that's easy and free. Um, and then the third step is to, and I guess this is kind of cheating. The third step has three parts. It's like, what do I want? How can I get there? And who can help me? So then you want to question the situation. So you want to breathe, then you want to get your awareness, and then you want to focus on the outcome that you want, not what you don't. And you can achieve great success with those steps um, if you're willing to take the time to work all three. Well, that, you know, when I'm hearing you and I'm like, that's cluberty. When I talk about cluberty, that's mm-hmm. how the experience came for me. Uh, you know, I was going through something personal and I was like, how the hell did I get here? I'm a pretty good guy. Uh, but all the things that I needed to do, again, when we go about perspective, is the things in my life that had I'd been carrying around for so long. And when I was able to clean it out and, and move past those things, you're able to do it. And that's where most people you know, are scared. It's scary to go back into your life and either take ownership or not blame. So it's easy to say, hey, Dave, you did this and this is why my life is like that. That might be true, but at some point you have ownership of you can rewrite the story that not only what has happened behind in your in your past, but the future that it's not going to give you any more power. You're going to take the power back, that self-empowerment piece. So, and that feeling is amazing when it happens, the epiphany of it. I think we kind of all remember there's a time, Dave, I imagine when you were like, either I've had enough, right? And you stood up and you figured out how you wanted to affect change, or you realized that you just couldn't keep doing it the way you were doing it. So for me, it was with the self-help stuff. And it sounds so simple, but I had the epiphany like, what? Oh, because I'm from a trailer park, because I'm from poverty, because I'm from domestic violence, doesn't mean that I can change my life. I, it was crazy. I'm like, oh, it, I don't. I can't even give you words. Hear me stammering. I'm like that epiphany was was mind and life altering for me. I I 100 percent agree. As gone through something like that, and that that was where Cluberty came out of. Because once you do that, you realize it, and then you feel differently. I mean, I feel, you know, lighter mentally. I'm not carrying that stuff around. And even when I'm able to then respond going forward, I don't have those triggers. I have the memories, so all the memories I still have, but the triggers and not having to have all those triggers is really so freeing in life. You know, both in the things that I've done well and the things that I've done less well, that I've learned, I, you know, where you said, you, you know, the, the, the trailer, the trailer park, you know, it's the, it's the mentality. You only did as good as you could, could go until you can grow and learn more. And if nobody tells you or nobody suggested, hey, there's a different perspective, different way to do things, or have you thought about this? You couldn't have changed. You weren't nope. able to. Again, the teacher appears yep. when the student is ready. It is so, so true. Um, a, a funny story behind that also is I used to belong to what was called the Nightingale Conant 
like self-help program. And so you'd get, and this is um, dating myself. So you would get this cassette series once a month that they would send you as a club member. <laughs> and so I got one, it was for Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, your erroneous zones. Um, and I thought it was hogwash. I'm like 22 years old or something. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Sent it back. Cause you're allowed to do that. And I don't know what else I got. But then fast forward like 25 years or something, and I picked up that book and read it. And it was so phenomenal that that's the book everybody got for Christmas from me. (laughs) I bought a dozen or more of those books so that, you know, the student wasn't ready. That was placed in my lap in my 20s, and it just didn't resonate. And then it was came back to me, you know, in my 40s, and it was like, who, like a expanded my heart and my mind like nobody's business yeah no it, it, it was that amazing yeah that that's really what happens uh the universe has a, a big trick for us all is you're going to learn the lesson uh either on this lifeline or or, or another one but it's going to keep hitting you uh that's the the, the, the violent piece of the, the, the universe, not the bat, but it's going to keep bringing you in the opportunity to learn what you need to learn. And that's where you're either going to learn it or not. And if you don't learn it, that's a choice. But then you have to repeat the lesson again in another life if you believe in those things. And you want to know, I just want to go through this once. I want, that's why I personally try to, when you identify something that I could improve at, I try to do the, not try, I do the work that I need to, to improve. That's why I have, you know, leveled up so many times in my life once it's become aware to me. That's the biggest part for me was a, a shortcoming is not having those, that, that larger perspective. I, and, you know, the awareness also comes from, like, I, I love questions, a well-placed question, not just questions like, why me? That's lame. Yeah. I'm talking about the powerful, you know, questions that help us level up and learn our lessons is really powerful when things aren't going the way that you want them to go. Like a very common example is say somebody has a bad boss, a manager that they don't like, they don't get along with, they don't looking look forward to work. This is a great time to ask this question because it's not just all about that manager and that's where we learn our universal lessons it's Mm -hmm. like how did i get here what's my role in this because when you don't get the lesson unfortunately when it comes again it's bigger tougher meaner Mm -hmm. stronger uglier and then if you don't get it then you know people say why does this always happen to me you know instead of how can i improve my situation so, yeah, the awareness is really the key. And, yeah, let's not carry this into another timeline. Yeah, yeah. Breaking those patterns. I mean, that's the thing is breaking those patterns. Uh, you know, I, I always use the example of if I bang my head on the wall, that's not necessarily the best way to change a pattern. But by stopping that banging and figuring out what else I could be doing to move forward in whatever situation I'm in, that's more productive than Banging, yelling, and screaming. Uh, though we can be frustrated, managing it for a short time is much better than managing it over a long time. It also doesn't carry as much m- mental energy. You know, think about all that m- mental energy that we use that could be used more productively when you can do it. We'll be back in a moment. Beep, beep. 
We are interrupting this show to tell you about our podcast with a very special announcement. Hey folks, I hope you're enjoying your podcast which you're listening to right now. But I would like to tell you about another one. We are Sounds Like Autism. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Which is full of impactful programming. It's the podcast that celebrates neurodiversity by speaking to the people who are helping to create a more inclusive world. I am Dave Thompson. I am an educator and an innovator and a leader within the space of helping the world become a more inclusive place for neurodivergent people as a neurodivergent self-advocate myself. And my co-host, Josh Mursky, is an incredible, hardworking, big-picture dude who is on the autism spectrum and super stoked to spread his message of inclusion along with me. We've had folks on from all over, all walks of life, all over the country, and more. You don't need to be someone who is autistic yourself or have skin in the game. You don't need a family member or a neighbor who is autistic. You probably have one, but you don't need any of that to get stoked on neurodiversity and inclusion. We're confident that if you give us a shot, if you join us on our journey, that you'll be a lifer and you'll be fully invested in this mission. We are just so delighted and honored to have this kind of platform to share with you all what we do do check us out i hope you enjoy your current podcast and then after that skedaddle and come right over here to sounds like autism and check us out now back to the show you're listening to peace love and bring it back with me uncle dave dave shimetsky you're an author so you, you know and one of the titles I, I need to mention is chocolate cake for the thighs so i'd love to hear i love the all the titles you know we were talking earlier about some titles but i love that title so how'd you come up with that title um so, uh, so what happened was i've always enjoyed writing and been a writer and i never really thought that i i mean i guess i knew i'd write a book but uh i taught fitness classes and every class i would give the ladies a fitness tip at the end of class and then, I don't know, after a year or something, um, the, a few of the ladies said to me, are you writing those down? And I said, no. And they said, well, you should start writing them down and make them into a book. And it was like, right. So then also the universe, a lot of times just, just gives us these, you know, these things like, of course. So I, I started writing down all the ones I could remember. And then I, I, I knew I was getting close to a hundred and 101 tips is like a catchy book title, right? right. 101 tips. Um, and so I um, was pondering on the title because I wanted it to be something catchy. And at the time chicken soup for the soul had just come out and, um, and, you know, it was, fen- you know, phenomenally um, popular and so I was thinking about like, okay, so chocolate cake for the thighs instead of chicken soup for mm. the soul, because it's a weight loss book. And even back then, I didn't call it a weight loss book. The subtitle is chocolate cake for the thighs, 101 health and fitness tips. So not even talking about weight loss. It's like, if you will just move your body a little more, make a few better food choices and stop feeling sorry for yourself, you don't have to worry about losing weight. The weight is just going to run from your body. Because those, all that, mm, all those rocks in your backpack are like fat on your belly and your thighs, right? They just, they don't, they don't have a home anymore. So they leave. So that's, yeah, I kind of stole the idea from chicken soup for the soul. So chocolate cake for the thighs, the anti-diet book for women, 101 tips. Um, And that was in 2006. And I still get royalty checks, Dave, from that book. It's still selling. I know, so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's excellent. That's awesome. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, but that's one of those things is once you put it out in the universe, you never know where it's mm-hmm. going to go. And it uh, looks like uh, every now and then you'll get a, a surprise from the universe that you needed some extra resources. Uh, I like using a lot yeah. of R's, as, as you know. So I, I love when you said run. I was like, oh, you know, that's an R word that I haven't used enough because uh, I just haven't used it enough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when you asked me that, and at the time I didn't have pen and paper um, for our words because I was looking at what you had, and I was hoping to come up with, you know, something kind of unique but still applicable. And um, the, I, I like, I like the words that start with re because it allows an awareness. Um, so re means again, sort of right. So. I, I think the words that anything starts with the re, re first is a chance for you to look at, do you like that? Is that something you want to continue in your life? Is that a rerun that you enjoy? Or would you like to rewrite it? You know, so that's kind of where my mind went with that. But that was, that was, that was fun. Thank you. Yeah, no, and, and I like that. And, and thank you very much for that explanation on, on the re piece, because I do, I, I, I speak, I, I speak often about recalibration. So, you know, and that's what we do. We bring our cars in every few months for the tune-ups and having the tune-ups are really important for the car, but also we're a machine. You know, we're a fine-tuned machine and we need to recalibrate. That's why we need, as we started at the beginning of the session, those mindset resets, uh, you know, about meditation and whatever works for you. Again, meditation isn't, as we said earlier, isn't just sitting on top of a mountain. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, you know, some of your listeners probably are uh, maybe driving at the time. But for those who are not, um, can we take 90 seconds right now and I can walk them through what that meditation breath feels like and how easy it is? Sure, of course. Okay. So, again, if you're driving, you you can't close your eyes. uh, Be unwise. Um, but you could also meditate with your eyes open, which is another thing people don't know that is possible. <laughs> and so right now, if you join me in a really deep, meaningful, expansive breath in for four, three, two, keep expanding and then let it go for six, five, four, three, keep pushing out the air and then just relax for a moment at the bottom of that breath because you're giving it a nice push. And then you do it again in big bellies expanding, three, two, chest opening, and then out for six, five, four, keep letting go, three, two, one, and relax. And before we do the last one, just keep in mind that the breath in brings all the love and light that's yours by divine right in abundance. And then the exhalation helps bring us to centered here and now in this moment. So drawing in the love and light. So we'll go four, three, two, and then exhale, six, five, four, three, two. And if you have it left, push out a little more and then just relax and breathe easy. And so I would challenge anybody listening to tell me that they don't feel a sense of serenity, peace, and calm. It's that fast. It's that easy. You have the control. Remember that. Well, that's the most important part is that you have that control. That's why I always, when I teach 
techniques to people. I make sure that it's self-empowering stuff. It's not, oh, you need mm-hmm. to come to me and I, only I can show you. I like to mm-hmm. reset, I, and, and that's one of those things. Uh, like uh, earlier in the in the show when I mentioned about that guitar player, once he realized that playing guitar is his sort of meditation, yeah. he, he felt it differently, and he had been playing since he was a young boy. Uh, so it's really really powerful once you can have that different perspective and find those, those few minutes. Um, I, you know, I had, I had people who, you know, do the Mandela's uh, where they start doing the little drawing and they're like, yeah, but I need to find a way to meditate. I go, what are you doing? And it's, uh, are you focusing on anything else while you're doing the drawing? No, mm-hmm. I'm focusing on the color and keeping in the lines because, you know, I go, then mm-hmm. you're meditating just differently. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not about, you know, again, the sitting and going ohm, uh, which is a great way to do that. Also, I, I never thought I could do that until I until I did. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> that's how it always is. And you know, interesting that you talked about the coloring thing because you can do it as an adult. Coloring super popular again. Well, not again, but um, it's very calming. And so, here's something that's really important about that. So, say we're coloring and it's not going well, or it's a little bit outside the line. And so, then the stupid ego goes, "And eh, look, it's messy. And eh, look, it's not pretty." So then you use what I call. Um, uh, Caesar, the dog whisperer, you know how he goes shh, shh, to the dogs to get them to behave. Mm-hmm. So when your ego ever goes, man, you're stupid, man, you're fat, man, you're ugly, whatever, go, shh, shh, I'm not talking to you, go away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it can be that simple that you're not allowing that neural pathway to keep reconnecting over and over. So you're just literally going to go shh, and give it that you know, and literally tell it, I'm not talking to you, go away. Like just stand up to that voice in your head because um, it has no right to be there after all these years. It's not running the show. It's not helping you. Right. And that's what you have to remind it. So you have to remind yourself, is this helpful? Like any other comment you would have with somebody, is this helpful or is this not helpful? And if it's not helpful, then let's not do it. Let's only work on, on helping each other. And mm-hmm. now, a friend of mine is a coach and um, she just told me this thing that I love. And I just learned this. Um, so she says, are you a reactor? So do you react to everything that's happening? Oh my gosh, you know, or are you a creator? Do you draw it all in and then create what you want and then put it back out in a way that serves you? And I love that because it's a, what's that called? An anagram where it's the same letters. Yep. They're just, yeah. So creator and reactor are the same. So what do you want to be? A reactor or a creator? Yeah, that's awesome because it really is. And that's when I talk about the, the love filter. You know, if you could start seeing things, everything through a love filter, uh, mm. either that, even if somebody's yelling at you, you could say they would like you to improve. That doesn't mean it's accurate, but if you see it as a, not that they're not communicating it properly. There's different ways, and that's that whole communication. And I know you're one of the experts in communication. You know your communication styles and relationship, and all these all these things. Um, what are some seeds that you would love to plant it with in the audience, to, so that way uh, they could either plant them and start cultivating them now, or think about later. Oh, I heard L say something like this. 
I like to think of that. So that's a good question, right? So when you've been doing something for over 40 years and somebody says, you know, can you just give a little kernel wisdom? It's like, no, I want to give you the whole cornfield Um, (laughs) is to have a rooftop message. And for me, that's remembering how much power and control you have. Now, I don't mean manipulation. I'm talking about when stuff happens to you or circumstances or people treat you a certain way. When you can step back and take a few breaths and say, you know, what's my role in this? How do I want this to be? And who can help me? Because we tend to always, well, no, some people think that their their angst is their own, like nobody's been through what they've been through and they can't talk about it, right? So that's why I say, and who can help me? Sometimes it's just us. You need to just put on your big girl pants and tell people how you feel in a, in a confident way, right? Not a pushy way. Um, but sometimes you need help. You need support groups. You know, you need a therapist, you need a coach, and that's all okay. So it begins with you remembering you have the power. It's your life. You have the control. And then the little sidesteps of that are, you know, what do I want? And how can I get there and who can help me? That's awesome. And, and, and that's right. I, I love that you said, you know, Yell from the rooftops, uh, which is another R, uh, but but it, but it really is. It's something that you have to be proud of doing. Uh, again, when I when I when I say that I'm Uncle Dave versus just Dave, uh, you know those those things that you want to do. Um, though I will not pull out my big girl pants because that's a different <laughs> that's a different story for everybody. But um, you know, but no, it is you know it, it's not just saying oh you have to be tough and, and pull up your pants and and stuff like that. It's again, that's that bat moment is coming together those boundaries, what you need to do and communicate that properly. Not only it it just is healthier for everybody, because if you communicate the right boundaries and the right non-negotiables, then I could say, okay, then this is exactly what we could talk about. This is exactly how what type of way I would like to be treated and what way you would like to be treated. And then that goes back to respect, which is always the biggest R word for me. Mm-hmm. Respect. Yeah, that's awesome. Because for me, a non-negotiable is I'm not a morning person. I don't really want to talk to you at 4am or 5am or 6am. I could, but it's, you know, not ideal for a healthy relationship for me. But I could be with a morning person who loves getting up in the morning, as long as we can come to the like, I, I can say I'm not a morning person, they can say I am a morning person. And then what's the middle ground? The middle ground is okay, well, I just won't bother you for a couple of hours. You know, I'll go do my own thing. And yours is, well, you know, once in a while, I'll get up and watch a sunrise with you, you know, but so we can have our non-negotiables, which are really important. Our boundaries are important. And then when we want them in a relationship, we have to understand that is there's no perfection. It's constantly an ebb and flow and a teeter totter. And that's part of what keeps it um, worth having. That's beautiful. Okay. I know we've taken a bunch of your time, and I really appreciate for all your time. Uh, is there any final saying? And I know, again, we, we go into that. You have 40 years' worth of experience. Uh, yeah, give me one, give me one sentence. To, uh, you, you have more than one sentence. So, you know, uh, parting words, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. So parting words would for sure be say what you want. The truth is in, t- in you. Speak your truth. When you get quiet, your, you can hear your truth. We know what our truth is. It just takes a little courage sometimes to speak it. 
but it's so worth it. Perfect. I, I, thank you so much. That is excellent. And and thank you so much for your knowledge. And, you know, we, we'll definitely work to have you come back another time to give more knowledge because you're just a really a cornucopia of, of, of knowledge that really brings us out into, you know, helps everybody because that's the idea of all this. And, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody remembers to find some peace and love in your life because that's your grounding and everything like that. And when you need to bring a bat, nonviolent, of course, but those non-negotiables are important, those communications. And when you swing that bat, make sure it hits the sweet spot and you hit the ball far or hit your own home run. Thank you so much and have a great day. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.